I V M. Welcome to the Geek Fruit Podcast, where we talk about uh, well, science, pop culture, and other things that interest us. I suppose. With me is Jishnu Guha. How do you do, Jugs? Wow, that was so civilized. Why? I mean, I was expecting some some stuff like Rude Dog. Did you ever watch that comic uh, cartoon, Rude Dog? No, that sounds. Horrible. He was he was a dog who was rude, but like rude in like a cool way. And the theme song was like Rude Dog. Like so a, basically, like he was like the, uh, no. Not exactly, not like an insult comic dog. He was rude in like a radical way. That's how rude was used on the show. He was like the ringleader of a gang of dogs. It was kind of like Top Cat, but ah. uh, like you know how Top Cat is rude in the sense that he's cool. Like Rafa- like Raphael is also rude but cool. Yes, give him a break. Raphael is rude but cool. Give him give him a break. Are you sure it's not Raphael is crude but cool? And then he's like so vulgar. You should know this because we've been playing this song quite a bit. Yeah, but you say anything. I don't (laughs) say. That's Tejas's line. I don't sing it. it. Don't you say give me a break? I say give me a break, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know what he says. But do you always say give me a break or do you just like improv it up sometimes? I have to, depending on what line he says. Because half the time we mix mix up those lines. I'm like, well, (laughs) what's my cue? I don't know. This is what we've been uh, like. It is one of the... Well, it, it's one of the songs we play in our uh, set list of uh, TV show and cartoon and movie songs, I suppose, covers, uh, which we've been doing at some Comic Cons and here and there every once in a while. I will say, it's not as popular as I thought, but we still keep doing it for us. We do it for us. It's, it's a one, of, one, one for, for you, us situation. One for, yep, one like, you, we start a Scooby-Doo and everyone's like, oh my God, it's Scooby-Doo. Start Ninja Turtles and they're like, yeah, I guess I remember that. <laughs> so sad. It is unfortunate so because clearly it's like it's my favorite song we play. Do you? I've never heard you. My one complaint with you, Jigs, is that you never do the kawabanga at the end that Michelangelo does. At the end, yeah. At the end of the song, you do the kawabanga. Not at the end of the song when Michelangelo is introduced. Party as a as a party dude. I do that. He says party. Oh, he says party. He doesn't yeah. say kawabanga. Kawabanga. Huh. I did not realize that. But hey, there are three mics. If you want to throw in a cowbunga, nobody's going to complain if you just throw in a cowbunga. I might just throw in a cowbunga. But do you do party? Yeah. Oh, sure. Raphael is cool, but Ruki Rick Michelangelo is a party dude. Party! Ah, I, I think I've been missing it. Probably because I'm too focused on like uh, whatever I'm doing. <laughs> whatever it is you're doing up whatever there. Whatever it is I'm doing up there. Anyway, so this is an episode where we're going to throw out some... Uh, we, we did this as a segment a couple of weeks back uh, where Tejas and I talked about stuff we're generally consuming. It's uh, it's similar to a segment Pop Culture Happy Hour does, I suppose, which is called uh, What's Making Us Happy This Week. This is essentially what's making us happy this month, I suppose. We're going to do this now as its own episode just because uh, we think it's cool to tell people what we've been up to. So Jigs, give me your pop culture recommendations. What you been up to? What you been watching, reading, playing, uh, I'm gonna, shuffling? I'm going to give our... Dear listeners, a leg up on the competition with okay. regard to keeping up with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We will soon be talking about um, what's the competition? Some animated movies that we've uh, recently been watching. Sure. So, considering we're going to attempt to dissect a couple of them in one episode, I'll give our listeners a leg up on what I just watched for mm-hmm. a yet-to-be-recorded episode. Um, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's called. It was one of the Oscar picks for. Um, Best animated film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called um, Jesus. What the hell is it called? 
If I uh, I lost my body. I lost my body. Yes. If I lost, I lost my body. <laughs> uh, yeah, I lost my I, body. It's an. It's I saw a your French... soul leave your body at that in yeah, that moment. Like, like you just completely blank and had this panic-stricken look on your face. Like, <clears throat> oh my god, what just happened? <laughs> it's not called the hand movie, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's about a hand. Uh, it's a French movie, mm-hmm. uh, dubbed uh, in English, and it's yeah, dubbed, huh? Damn. Did you not watch it with the the subtitles? No, the the auto, like just the the gen auto default whatever play function is with English mm. dubs. Um, and like watching dubs, if, but it is with the uh, people in it. So yeah, but oh, I well, suppose okay, it's okay with animated on, maybe movies. Maybe it's not dubbed because it didn't feel out of place. Like I think they were actually speaking in English. Oh okay. Yeah, but it's a French-made movie. Mm-hmm. Point is, it's a good one. We're going to talk about this amongst several others coming mm-hmm. up soon. Uh, so do watch that. I can't say much about it because we're going to do a whole episode on yeah, it. Yeah, I thought but you were going to recommend things. like other stuff you've been into in general and why. I'll tell you other things. So tell us why you, people should watch it without it's, diving into the plot because maybe too much. Because uh, it's a breath of fresh air with regard to uh, how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Yet it is a feature length movie. It's about an hour 20. Okay. Um, so it's not too long either. That's, mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen a less than 90 minute movie. And it's very insular. Uh, t- I guess it is a, a romantic movie because mm-hmm. it's about a boy chasing a girl. But it's done in this bizarre way because it's very few characters. Just young boy, very empathetic, little down on his luck pizza delivery guy mm-hmm. uh, chasing after this girl that he somehow falls for even though he never sees her. He's, she's one of his um, deliveries mm. and just talks on the intercom. And they had they have a quick scene over the intercom, and he doesn't end up delivering the pizza. Sounds very interesting. Yeah, but the flip is the 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 X factor in the thing mm-hmm. is that the B story is about a hand, mm-hmm. genuinely like a hand from the Adams family thing, right? Like literally just a hand, like the thing that that is. Yep, it's sentient and it just walks around. It doesn't say anything, so that's another thing. Very mm-hmm. little dialogue in this movie. It's very artsy well, because fartsy. one of the key characters doesn't have a mouth. Yep, yet. You empathize the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautifully done. It looks amazing. It's that low frame rate vibe. So it's kind of like glitchy animation. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice. It basically, it, I felt like I was watching, um, remember we did an episode about um, love, sex and robots? So is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Yeah. yeah. This felt like... A Netflix a, anthology yeah, show. It, this felt like a properly fleshed out story from that hmm. piece or that, that uh, series. I think it's cool that uh, a couple of the, I mean, the, the animated category has typically had a few more foreign nominees in it, uh, big, and especially a lot of French stuff. Uh, but now with like Parasite winning as well, I think it's cool that uh, completely foreign cinema is getting a bit of a mainstream push. It's always been like a cinephile thing. Uh, but yeah, it's nice. And uh, you've enjoyed... I really enjoyed it. Yeah. A movie that we're going to get into more, yeah, I suppose, a little later. I can't spoil anything right now, but it was great. Sure. All right. So that's your record. You give me one. Let me give you. So, well, part of the reason we do this is to talk about stuff that we might not necessarily talk about otherwise. Uh, Like basically dive into some more esoteric pop culture. So I'm not uh, immediately going to go with a movie, but a YouTube channel that I'm a big fan of. If it's got got marbles in it, I'm going to scream. I've told you about Gel's Marbles Runs, uh, but no, I I don't watch that too frequently, but I do find it very fascinating. But... uh, Long-time listeners will remember that uh, we've we've done some episodes on pure science and like science education and science entertainment. We talk about stuff like your Bill Nye's and your Mm -hmm. uh, Carl Sagan's and whatnot, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Well, along with science, math, mathematics, maths Mm -hmm. is uh, 
one of I, I was never particularly great at it in school like I was decent at it uh, as a subject not like a maths genius like I wasn't getting 100 out of 100 mm-hmm. I'm getting like the 80s 90s but uh, the subject has always fascinated me maths and physics I would say so there is this uh, YouTube channel that I would highly encourage people to check out called number file which is for multiple reasons that I will now enumerate that's a math pun for you <laughs> Uh, is a very, very good YouTube channel. So essentially, it's run by this guy called uh, Brady Harron. He's a New Zealander, I believe, a Kiwi, uh, but settled in the UK. And some, maybe possibly like a decade ago or so, he started making uh, videos with math professors. So these are like legitimate, uh, like, yeah, almost all of them are professors or professional mathematicians. And uh, he would make these fairly short videos, like the average video length for any of these is like five minutes to sometimes they they go into like 10 minutes or half now. But they talk about one particular aspect uh, or uh, interesting fact or theorem in mathematics. And then they get into like why it's so fascinating. Now, the first reason I think I really enjoy it is just watching people who are really good at what they do mm-hmm. and really, really love it. Mm-hmm is honestly one of the best things you can see anywhere in the sure. world ever. Yeah. Like, so these are people who are genuinely, like, these are PhDs in pure mathematics. And pure mathematics is, like, a really weird field. It's not like your engineering and your physics where you can, like, essentially, you study pure mathematics, you're a mathematician. Mm-hmm. It's like a very academic field. Mm-hmm. So these people talking with, like, a huge depth of knowledge, but also fascination is incredible to me. And, like, a lot of the times, the things they get into aren't necessarily, like, physics-like stuff, for example, like, where you can apply it to the real world. Okay, like uh, like if I watch a video on relativity, which is another like uh, thing I do watch, like so I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying when they talk about like, and this is how our universe works, you're like, right, I feel like I understand something about our world. Whereas on number file, there's a fair amount of that. But there's also just a lot of like pure mathematics talk where like, for example, one of the videos I was watching literally yesterday was about finding loops of recurring sequences within the infinite sequence of pi. Fascinating. Hmm. And of no real practical application. Right. These are like a lot of these things are essentially just about like math games that people play. Sure. So like a lot of the time it's about trying to figure out uh, relationships between numbers or like essentially things that you've defined within mathematics and then trying to figure it out. So this particular one, uh, the game essentially or like the, the theorem was pi is an infinite sequence, right? It's an irrational number that never ends. And in fact, like the theory is because it's infinity, you will at some point find every possible sequence of numbers in there. So, uh, pi, which starts 3.142 and then goes on, uh, they number each of the digits post the decimal point. Wow, I'm really getting into this. I didn't think I I was going to be here. I'm I'm stunned, but go for it. So, past the decimal point, they go like, okay, first digit, second digit, third digit. And the first digit and second digit and third digit, the positions are basically 1, 4, 2, right? Yeah. So in the first position, you have 1. Yeah. Second position, you have 4. Yeah. Third position, you have 2. Yeah. Uh, this will all be really dumb if I've gotten the value of pi wrong to just three decimal points. Anyway, <laughs> but the, the thing that they were trying to figure out is at what point does the position and the digit in that position uh-huh. match? <clears throat> so it happens at 1, obviously, because 3.1, first position, 1. It only happens like three times or so. And technically, there should be infinite mm. amounts of them. Yeah. But they put this into like a computer program or like mathematicians have been just like playing this game for years where they try to figure out how many times it happens. So I believe they get like one. Uh, they get another one in like the 20s or 30s. 
and uh, eventually they get one in the 70 millions so yeah. as you go on it like really so you're really saying 142 happens at 123 and then 142 happens again no not 142 so Just basically like one? Uh, no They're looking for When the position And the digit match So if the seventh position Has the number seven in it That's oh, a positive result Oh I see what you mean yeah. Okay 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 and So you're saying you, The 20th number The 20th position Has the numbers two and zero Yes 20 and 21st Yeah But then how can you take that If it's like yeah Like say for instance If you're in the The 70 millions mm-hmm. Then are you saying that the next 70 million digits have to have well, to be 70000000 like those seven digits have to match yes holy shit yeah and well it's you when you hear this you're like what is the point of this you're totally, just playing yeah. a ridiculous game inside the number of pi for no particular real application right but then okay. this guy talks about how the reason mathematicians do this a lot is because well, A, it's just fun for them. This sure. is how they goof off and enjoy. Like, basically, yeah. like, they sit around you and go like... we were nerds. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, that's true nerdism, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I mean, like, this has always been a thing. Like, yeah. uh, one of uh, like one of Ramanujan's biggest discoveries, well, the thing he's kind of known for is, like, he's like, this is the smallest number that can be expressed as the sum of two cubes. Mm. And, every like, when I first heard that, I was like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> fine, I guess that's a thing. But uh, the reason mathematicians put a lot of value on stuff like this... Of course, Ramanujan did a bunch of other great stuff, but this is one of the, like, the quicker things he's known for, the smaller things he's known for. Uh, but the reason they do it is because in the process of discovering these things, they often end up working out new ways to do stuff in general. So essentially, like while playing, it's like while playing a game, you discover something that has a huge real-world application. And uh, yeah, so that's what uh, this particular mathematician gets into as well. The, the other amazing thing is you see this entire range of what mathematicians are like, okay? Uh, like for example I'm going to name now Some of my favorite Contributors to the channel Because every video Is different people And I really Like I've been following sure. This channel for years At this point okay. My favorite yeah. uh, Possibly Well actually I have a bunch Oh my god This is so hard to pick Don't oh make me choose jigs But there's a guy Called Cliff Stoll Alright Jesus Christ What is that Cliff Stoll Is essentially He's Doc Brown From Back to the Future okay. He's crazy And okay. when he talks About math He's super into topology And topology is essentially Like the study of uh, Surfaces Mathematical properties okay. uh, Where you basically Go like If you take a surface And then stretch it Or squeeze it Or like turn it around uh, What happens to it They You never like Split a surface But uh, it's, it's a complicated thing If you watch any of his videos sure. He'll explain it I believe you in a spectacular way But he's possibly Like the most eccentric human ever Like when you think Crazy math professor That's him Like while he's talking About stuff Like he suddenly gets So excited that he's like He literally starts Jumping around Or like he was uh, Once doing a demo Where he was like And then you'd have to Set it on fire to find out And then he just like Starts looking around Like a crazy guy And then picks up Like a flame And lights the box In his hand on fire Absolute nut job So he's great uh, There's another great Mathematician Called Matt Parker Who is a stand-up comic and a mathematician and his stand-up comedy is math based he's very funny in like he better this. be he sounds like the love child of Matt Stone and Trey Parker well yeah I guess I never thought about it that way but yeah he's another cool dude he has his own channel called Stand Up Maths where he mm-hmm. does stuff and he just put out a book uh, that I just picked up that I'm gonna start reading called Humble Pie which is about uh, math errors in the real world that had like huge consequences a uh, really funny guy this lady called Hannah Fry who's amazing uh, this guy called James Grime all very entertaining people should definitely check it out and plus you I don't know if you learn oh anything like I don't God. know if I'm any better at math than I was like this 20 years ago keeps, keep, sorry keep going keep going I'm just, I'm, my inner <laughs> monologue is, is escaping me well, go on go on I'm just saying that 
I don't know if I've learned as much maths as uh-huh. I should have from this channel because a lot of it, like, there's no kidding around here. It's not like they talk about simple stuff. Mm-hmm. They go into it. Like, they're talking about things that still haven't been solved in mathematics a lot of the time. Or they're explaining principles where sometimes they jump right into it and you can't follow it from minute one. You're like, I have no idea what's going on. I still watch it because uh, I think if nothing else... It teaches you how to think about things mathematically and that main first reason I said, which is like, it's always great to see people who are good at what they do and care about what they do, talk about what they do. Oof. Yikes. Check it out, Jigs. Number oh. five. My Same God. guy I'm, also runs a bunch of other channels. I need to catch my breath. Oof. I do as well. So let's take a break and we'll come back with some more recommendations. So those were our uh, two recommendations from segment one. Do you have another one for me, I Jigs? do. I'm going to give you the exact same feeling of watching people being awesome at a thing that you have no idea about. Ooh, I love it. Are you a queer eye boy? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How much have you seen? I've seen uh, the entire first season. You're talking about the revival, right? Yeah, the revival. Yeah. yeah. I, I never watched much of the original. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the original. Uh, yeah. So I've seen like maybe the first season. Then I've seen like bits and pieces of the others, but uh, yeah. no, I haven't watched like I, every single one. I came one. in whatever season they're at. I came in one season. They've done before, three, right? I I don't. And know. the one where they went to Japan. Exactly. I came in one season before Japan. I saw that season and I okay. saw Japan, and I'm in the middle of the first season again. Are you? You're um, watching Next in Fashion. I am watching Next in Fashion. So you're gonna tell have me about Next seen, in Fashion? Have you seen Next in Fashion? No, not yet. Now here's the thing. I the only reason I'm watching it, or mm-hmm. the reason I started watching it. Who's your favorite queer boy? Ten. Hence, I'm watching this. Oh, yeah? yeah. Hmm. But the, re- uh, the reason I started I I watching like JV. it is because I have always... I think I've said this a couple of times on the show as well. I, I don't watch much reality TV at all, but there were two shows for the longest time. I feel time. like I hear you talk about reality TV all the time. <laughs> reality TV? Yes. What? Okay. About, uh, like, what? You're a big survivor boy. No. What? I literally only have seen two shows and I follow them very closely. Uh-huh. And they've been off the air for a while. Actually, one of them might Which still be Which are on. what? The Amazing Race. Oh, sorry. Amazing Race. Did and I say Survivor? Yeah. I meant Amazing Race. Amazing Race. Sorry. Yes, I love that show. Yeah, and uh, Celebrity Apprentice. Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice. And another one you were telling me about once that you'd like watch at random all the time. I can't remember which. But uh, I know you definitely mentioned one. Cool, cool, cool. Go on. Think of, okay. Anyway, point is, um, yeah, I don't watch much reality TV. Mm-hmm. But I always was fascinated by, by The Amazing Race because as a filmmaker, I just can't... I'm dumbfounded by the production on that show. The, the logistical production of that show. And it's mm. brilliant. Um, Celebrity Apprentice it was always amusing because obviously pre-President Trump um, it was just hilarious to watch C and D-list celebrities like clamoring to be famous right. and that's just Is he very annoying on that show? I've never seen it He's barely in it Oh really? Yeah and he's exactly I thought it was his show It's not That's the thing his name is on it but like it's like his buildings like yeah his name is on it but it's not really his building hmm. um, So he's just in it to fire people and right. be like he, he every show starts with he lands in a helicopter like he does every morning everywhere he goes of course. and then uh, he says hi Here's the here's the industry professional of the of the task at hand. Like if you're selling pizzas this week, here's the head of Domino's or whatever. Right. And then that guy gives the guy some gyan about what kind of stuff you ah. should be making. Follow these D-list celebrities for an hour bumbling away and you get to watch hilarious fights of like Meatloaf versus Little John I've arguing about pepperoni clip. pizza. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that you watch that for an hour. That's why you watch the show. And then Trump shows up at the end and he fires somebody. Because that's easy. That's, that's like, his catchphrase. That's his phrase. You're, you're fired. fired. Right? Cool. Yeah. You, so you you messed up the task, you're fired. It's not that hard to like do that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. It's uh, so also the catchphrase of his uh, government. I they haven't so seen people. reality TV in a good couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I got into Queer Eye and I loved it. And then because Stan is my boy, I was like, I've never seen a single fashion anything. Mm-hmm. I am completely fashion illiterate. 
Um, but let me take a stab at it. I cannot recommend this show to people enough, not because of the the fashion side of things, sure. but they've somehow, I don't know if this is a first, it is, it's a first for me as a complete reality TV noob. Mm-hmm. I've always been very averse to reality TV because I think there's enough uh, in the age of social media, there's enough bad news out there and enough people putting other people down or like passive aggressively just being like, look at how good I am, even sure. though that's not really true. Yeah. So it, there's so much stuff already out there that can be a downer for people mm-hmm. that the notion of watching it, like what reality TV is is voyeuristic, right? It's just like watching people make asses out of themselves mm. and you feel better about yourself because you're not in that shitty position or you're not, I'm not as bad as these guys. Yes. That's a lot a, of, that's a yeah. lot of reality TV. It's and that's why I was very averse to it. Voyeurism and a lot of schadenfreude. Mm-hmm. Have you not heard this term before? No. That's what defines, I think, most social media. But basically it's uh, taking joy in others' misery. It's a German oh. word. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So here's what I loved about Next in Fashion. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was able to finish it as quickly as I did is because when, I mean, it's a pretty standard uh, system. It's Dan France and um, Alexa Cheng. Cheng? 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 Mm-hmm. Cheng. Let's go with Cheng. Alexa. <laughs> I, don't know who these, I don't know who she is, but she's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so two of them hosting a show, 18 contestants who every week have to make a new, like one or two pieces of clothing, and there's a runway show at the end of it, and then somebody gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. Pretty straightforward. Right. Nothing, nothing elaborate about that. Now, of course... All the shop talk that happens goes completely over my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know the first thing about hems and this and that and all the words. <laughs> I don't know anything Hems about and haws, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the best part. Yeah. Here's why I love it. Mm-hmm. Much in the vein of Queer Eye, which mm-hmm. is such an uplifting, feel-good show. Definitely, yeah. So is this. I've never seen a show where you're at the elimination table, right? Like you're at the who's going to get the rose or like who gets kicked off of Survivor Island. You're at that point of the episode every mm-hmm. time. And instead of people, like like in The Apprentice, which was so full of like friggin' vengeance and like, you messed up the order, you should be fired, you are dumb, no, you put you, put you, put you, I'm going to throw Is you under the bus. Is that impression? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus and I'm going to drive the bus myself. Yeah. Um, this is great because it's like, while people are working on tasks, mm-hmm. they go to the their opponent's table and be like, how are you guys doing? Oh, I'm doing good, but I don't know about the sleeve. Oh, you should totally do that thing to the sleeve. I was like, whoa, you're helping the enemy? And then at the end of it, when they get kicked out, um, there's the standard like, how are you feeling? you just been removed from the show. I feel like I'm a winner. I have made so many friends. There's a really <laughs> cute Korean auntie on that show. Nice. I've made so many friends, and I think I'm really the winner here, and there are no losers, and I am just walking away with so much uh, uh, happiness and self-esteem and belief in myself. Hmm. This is amazing. It's a positive show. It's a positive, a positive show. reality show. It's a positive reality show. Like I'm not watching it at all, rooting for people. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it just to be like, or rather, I'm not watching it rooting for somebody over somebody else. I'm just watching it for you. Go, girls, all of you. <laughs> and it's so good. It's just, it's just a really nice. It's just a fun time. Like I couldn't care I less about totally the clothes. Totally understand that. I couldn't care less about the clothes. Yeah. But um, it's just I'm I'm fully in it. I'm just like. I'm going to feel good about myself now uh, by watching these people shine at what they're doing, mm-hmm. even though I don't understand the first thing about what it is that they're doing. Um, the clothes at the end of the day look cool, but I'm like, I, I, I'm never going to wear this stuff. It's mm-hmm. freaking like runway. Because like, you're not going to wear it. Yeah, yeah. but it's, 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 it's all like, you know, red carpet looks and stuff like yeah. that. So I have no barometer of how good or bad mm-hmm. that side of things are, but I couldn't care because 
I'm just so happy watching them feel proud of themselves and supporting each other and not being cutthroat. Mm-hmm. It's a competition. Yeah. No, no edge of like screw that guy or I'm gonna screw him over or mm-hmm. any of that. It's just like we're all in this together. We're all gonna have fun. And yeah, there's like a little bit of drama of like, oh no, I, I I'm not gonna finish in time today. Yeah. Cool, but that's a you problem. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're, you know, trying to put somebody else down, which mm-hmm. is just a feat. Now, like I said at the top of this, I don't watch reality TV, so I don't know if this is a first or not. Maybe there are other shows out there like this. It's if not. There are, in fact, I was gonna say I would love I to hear. I'd love to know some. I completely know what you're talking about, and I haven't watched Next in Fashion yet. Uh, but I think it's a similar vibe to. Uh, the Great British Bake Off, one of my favorite reality shows, mm. uh, but essentially the same thing. It's like uh, it's well, it's got such a nice energy to it because mm. nobody's angry at the other person. Nobody's like trying to undercut anyone else. The judges aren't dicks. Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood. <laughs> the <laughs> what? The the judges. Mary is her name. Mary Berry. Mary Berry and <laughs> Paul Hollywood, and the, it's their real names, it. as far as I know. And like. Uh, the, there are multiple presenters, but uh, like Noel Fielding is uh, okay. among them now. Sandy, okay. uh, Sandy Tosquick, who also does a QI. They're just like cool. All like uh, British presentation royalty, really. I'll say and though, I, I do, I mean, it's, it's, it's baseless. Mm-hmm. Well, not totally baseless, but I have well, an aversion to if food. If it was baseless, then you do terribly on the Bake Off because you need a good base to make a good cake. Anyway, go on. Okay, then. Mm. I it's have an aversion joke. to food shows. Why? Just because I get way too hungry. I'm just like, no, I can't do this. The well, you should eat and then watch them. But yeah, that's the thing. I don't. Bake off is all like it's all baking, which I think is slightly different. Like uh, for I some reason, so. and but and it's all well. I've never seen. You know, the only Actually, right. the only show, the only food thing I've ever cravings. seen properly, like genuinely, mm-hmm. has been Favreau's chef show. Sure. Because I've seen his chef movie show. Chef a million times. It's one of my favorite ever, mm-hmm. ever. And two, I watched it because there were two episodes where the Avengers were on it, and there was mm-hmm. one episode where. Freaking uh, Dave Filoni was on it. Right. Po- like, post the release of Mandalorian. Or just in the run-up of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So I was watching the two titans in the same room making pasta. Yeah. And I couldn't care less about the pasta. But I was like, I will I will be ravenous and consume any content that these two put together. But I don't think you might enjoy them. I watch like I, a ton of cooking stuff, by the way. I'm massively I just can't into do it. it. I'm just like, no, I, I don't. I is, had a similar moment uh, where another... It's painful. It actually <laughs> hurts. I'm just like... Argh. Yeah, my I, I, stomach growling is distracting me. Uh, on a YouTube show I watch called Binging with Babish, John Favreau makes an appearance. And that, oh. to me, was like a big deal. Like, oh, yeah. it felt like your John Favreau, Dave Filoni moment. Yeah, uh, like Binging with Babish is like really popular now. He He's like a legend on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, so in fact, like he does this little thing where, you remember in Chef when he does like the pasta ugly olio and he like, uh, he like hmm. twirls it up, he plates it using a meat fork, like that giant fork thingy. Yes. I think so they do this episode of Binging with Babish at uh, John Favreau's house and Babish actually has a tattoo of that thing because one of his most popular <laughs> videos was recreating that scene from oh, Chef. Shit. So Binging with Babish, by the way, his entire deal is he recreates foods from movies and TV shows. So it could be something like ridiculously over the top, like uh, the excellent challenge from the regular show, which is a cartoon. Which is basically like, they, they randomly name like a bunch of stuff where in the context of the regular show, it's supposed to be like an eating challenge where there's like, there's 16 eggs in this and like all the sorts of other stuff. And he actually makes it. And sometimes they're terrible and sometimes they're really good. Like when he recreates the stuff from Chef and, and he does like regular cooking stuff as well. Anyway, so he has a tattoo of that, uh, of the awesome. 
meet for cleaver thing john favro season and he's like this is crazy <laughs> why do you have that and he's like it just like it was my first youtube video that blew up and i really like the movie as well and john favro's like that's amazing hold on a sec he walks up and he comes back with a thing he's like this is the actual plot <laughs> i want you to have it oh wow it's amazing that's insane yeah so have, yeah. You, have you seen the episode where gwyneth paltrow is on his show yes How, were Rich you as butthurt uh, as i was why because uh, of her Spider-Man thingy? Yes. Well, yeah, I yeah. just thought it was funny. But I remember like it became I was morally a... offended. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't it was, funny in the it's slightest. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. She's Screw busy like running her. a company That's and selling all... candles that smell then, like her then, vagina. Then don't get into my favorite franchise. <laughs> Second favorite. I, well, let her do what she wants. No. She, she runs Not the allowed. world anyway. Not allowed. All right. Uh, so yeah, these were our recommendations. Some interesting reality show recommendations there. But I will close it out with a more... Uh, like since we started with a movie, I'm going to close with a TV show. I think... Everyone should be watching The Good Place. And by be watching, I mean, I suppose, finish watching because it recently concluded its run. It did four seasons. And uh, Mike Sher, the showrunner, basically took the call to end it because he was like, I'm telling a very finite story, I think. And I don't want to push it past what I want to say. And is they, Mike Sher the Parks and Rec boy? He is, yeah. yes. Uh, what else? A bunch of stuff. Anything like uh, him and Dan Goh have been creating stuff for ages together. So essentially, like their verse is your Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec, The Office. Yeah. They all kind of come from that same creative So I haven't scene. seen a single episode. Does Good Place fall into that? Uh, well, yes. I, I would say it's a lot like some of the other shows he's done. Like one thing I would say, based off of Parks and Rec and this alone, and even shows like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and all, what these guys have consistently done is make shows where the main characters are all like really nice, good people. Mm. So okay. maybe that's the through line for this episode. We just like things with nice people in them, Jake. Yes. So The Good Place is essentially like, well, the premise is uh, that Kristen Bell and uh, the three other key characters die. And when they begin, they meet Ted Danson at the start mm. of the series, I mean, in season one. Ted Danson's like, you're dead. Welcome. Everything is fine. He literally mm. says that. And uh, my name is Michael and I kind of run this place there's a good place and a bad place. So the good place is essentially like supposed to be heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't say it as such, but they're recreating a new kind of mythology. And he's like, congratulations, you're in the good place. But Kristen Bell in particular is like, oh, cool, that's amazing. And she meets like this monk and she meets this uh, philosophy professor and she meets like the socialite and they're all like amazing people. And she, at the end of the first episode of The Good Place says, oh my God, I was a terrible person. I don't think I'm meant to be here. And then, like, a lot of stuff happens over the course of these four seasons, including, like, some of the most, like, most mind-blowing moments in television history, I would say. Like, the end of the first season is possibly one of the greatest reveals ever. So, if you don't know about it, like, after three years also, avoid it and go watch it. But it's possibly one of the most... Um, is sorry. it... How many episodes in a season? How many minutes? Oh, uh, it's your typical, like, it's a TV sitcom. So, it's like a 20-minute, 22-episode kind of season. 22? Oh, damn it. You yeah. had me at 20. <laughs> 20 minutes. But like, to go it's a great watch and you can watch it like over time as well. But yeah, really just okay. an incredible show. And they really stuck the landing, which I've really... Parks and Rec wasn't a 22, was it? It was like a 10 was. and a 13, I thought. It was a 22. See, uh, Parks and Rec season 1 and 2 were shorter. Like season 1 was like 6 episodes. Season 2 yeah. was around 13. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, it, like it was brought in as a mid-season replacement for another show. Cool. But yeah, The Good Place should be watched. I feel like this is a show that has actually possibly... Like, it can turn people into better people. So, yeah, that's our final recommendation for today. I'm all about it. Uh, tell us what you guys have been up to. Write into us at uh, contactgeekfruit at gmail.com. This has been the Geekfruit Podcast. 